in the book of First uh, Kings, and then uh, we're going to have maybe a song and, and a prayer uh, to pray over the prayer request. This is in First uh, Kings chapter 19. If you remember, and so I didn't, odd that we've been mentioning this tonight. Uh, if you remember, Elijah had trouble with the prophets of Baal. And you know the story, I'm not going back into that, about how that um, he prayed down the rain, the fire, the rain, everything, prayed down the fire uh, to consume the burnt offerings. Elijah's, uh, or Baal's prophets couldn't do it. They tried, the Bible said they beat on themselves and they, they cried from morning till night and leaped on the altar, even tore the altar down. And uh, Elijah did something before where I'm going to start reading that I have often read and, and uh, I have admired him and wondered how it would feel to be able to do this because he really made fun of Baal's prophets. Um, the Bible said they took the bullock which was given them, they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Uh, no voice, nothing answered, it leaped on the altar and so forth. But Elijah stood there and laughed at them and made fun of them and said, uh, cry aloud for he's, he is a God, either he is talking, and he was a God, little g. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's in a journey or pre-adventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves and so forth until the blood gushed out. He went through all of that with them how many of us would have the, I don't want to say the guts, but the faith in our God, the faith in our, in our own faith, that we could stand and make fun of people that are crying on the wrong God and say, uh, you know, you can't do it. I've got a God that can do this. I really have got a God that can do this, but if I got enough faith to look at the world in their ways and, and laugh at them and say, look, what you're doing, it's, it's wrong, it's totally wrong. He's going to get even with you. He's going to get the best of you and all this stuff. Elijah simply builds the altar back up, repairs the altar, pours, what, 12 barrels of water around in the trench around it, calls on the God of heaven. He comes down, licks up all the fire and everything else, and everything's great, and then he kills all the prophets, Baal. He kills them all. What a day! I mean, what what kind of what kind of man is is Elijah? You know, uh, what could he do? And, and Elisha, and, and I think he's talking about Elisha this morning. But all of this, look what a look what a man he really was—a man of God. Well, Ahab and Jezebel—you all know them, don't you? How would you like to have Jezebel for a mother-in-law? So Ahab had Jezebel for a wife. He had Jezebel for a wife. And in chapter 19, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with, how, with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, the gods, little g, and more also if I make, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose 
and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. It's hard to understand, thank you, Brother Kennan, it's hard to understand how a man would have faith enough to mock the devil to his face and call down fire from heaven to consume water and the offering, but then totally give up and go and sit down under a juniper tree, scared of Jezebel, and say, I might as well die. He goes, from, he goes from all the faith in the world to no faith at all, to believing a devil-possessed woman that was going to take his life. Maybe if Wayne examines himself real close, sometimes he's done some things that might not make too much sense either. That all the time, this boy's faith may not have been what it should be depending on circumstances. We are, we are people tonight that trust the Lord. If we're true Christian people, we're going to trust him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength as we talk this morning. We're going to trust him with our bodies, with all that we have. And we went through a... We went through a period of time years ago and I know we, we went through some times that were traditional and not biblical what we were doing was not a sin but it was not necessary it was probably a sin in one way that we lost a lot of people uh, trying to enforce some rules and regulations that were not biblical does it make any sense that we lost people doing that but we were so strict in some things that we, we probably lost a, 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 a lot of people and we shouldn't have done that. It shouldn't have been like that. We even went to the point one time, and this is, and, and I, you say you're airing dirty laundry to everybody. Yeah, that's, that's okay. But we went to the point one time in my lifetime that you didn't go to a doctor. If you was a minister, you could not go to a doctor. You'd lose your license. My grandfather's license were revoked because he went to a doctor for a checkup, not for pills, but for a checkup. They said you were supposed to stand on divine healing. Well, the Bible teaches divine healing. I can show you plenty of scriptures in there that back up divine healing. I can show you scripture where it says there's no healing in medicine. And all of this kind of confused a lot of people. We even, I say we, I'm talking about this organization, not this local church, but this organization, even forbade our members to drink Coca-Colas because they had Coke in them. They still do, by the way. And we told them, members, it was wrong, it was a drug if you was drinking Coca-Colas. And so Coca-Cola threatened to sue the Church of God over it. 
and the drop that teaching. It was wrong to watch television. There's no TV in your house. If you're a minister, you better not have one in your house. <laughs> it was kind of funny, I guess. Was this hypocritical? I don't know. Uh, I was dating Arlene, and even after I married her, she had a sister that was living in the house with her mom and daddy over there, Bertie. Bertie was living here. She hadn't moved to Oregon at the time. And Bertie lived upstairs in the house over there, and she had a television up in her room. So we'd come over on Friday nights or Saturday night or something, go upstairs and watch television. Go upstairs and watch television. Even Bertie's daddy would because he was a minister. But he'd still watch television. There wasn't nothing wrong with what he was watching. I mean, Red Skelton, he is a comedian. These people's on television now, they call comedians, ought to be kicked off. It is wrong to watch some of them. But, you know, we, we, we found ways to get around all this. And Brother A.J. Tomlinson, who was a general overseer at the time that you heard me preach about here the other Sunday, he got up in the General Assembly one year and he said, I want to tell you all something about divine healing. You've got to remember this teaching was not coming from our general headquarters. It was coming from some of our local overseers and pastors. It wasn't coming from headquarters. They never taught that. We never taught that there. And he got up and he said, I want to explain something to you. He said, yes, the Lord does heal. Yes, we've been healed. Yes, it's possible it can happen. If you've got faith enough, you can be healed, you will be. We still pray for that. I've been healed. My daughter sitting back there was healed instantly one morning in her kitchen of a, of a terrible problem she had. Instantly healed. I was instantly healed one Sunday morning of diabetes. I had diabetes. I'd been checked. I'd been uh, uh, told I had it. Had it. And the doctors was getting my medicine ready. And the Lord came in the hospital room, touched my body. I felt it. I knew it. I, I was healed and I still am. And that's back in my 30s. It's been about a century ago, I think, something like that close by. But anyway, I was healed. I know divine healing is right. But I'm taking medicine tonight, today, for blood pressure and cholesterol. Why? I don't know. He's a sovereign God. He healed me of one thing. The other thing, I'm still taking medicine. But Brother Tomlinson said, if we really stood on divine healing, trusted 100%, we wouldn't be wearing these. We wouldn't go to the dentist. He said, we have got to use wisdom. Folks, don't forget we've got to use wisdom. Paul Elijah, and I ain't talking about the wooden Indian, but Paul Elijah could believe enough to pray down fire from heaven, but he couldn't believe enough to trust the Lord to protect his own life. And so he goes and says, I'm ready to die. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and when in the strength of that meat, Forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. Somebody else went to Mount Horeb, didn't they? 
on, y'all. Moses and all these. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And God said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with a sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. I'm going to skip down to verse 18. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. If you think sometimes, and I know some of you have been through some hard places. Uh, I don't call and want to call names, but I know this, some of you, and you've already mentioned some of it tonight. Some of you have been in some places that you didn't think probably for a while that God was even listening or hearing or being there. But there's always some help that you don't see. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that love him and fear him. And so when you're in the valley, when you're, when you're right at the point of giving up, He's got people, angels and people, somewhere or another that have not given in, that will not give in, but that will carry you through. Regardless, they will carry you through. Because we are here tonight by the grace of God. God knew the day that Ron English was born that he would be sitting in this church tonight. Do you believe that? You say that's a whole lot of belief. How is God going to do that? I was thinking the other day and I was reading the Bible. I usually uh, go in my bedroom at night and uh, uh, Arlene and I sleep in different bedrooms because she snores and rolls all over the bed and I snore too. 
so couldn't either one of us get any sleep due to that. So I said, well, I'll sleep there and you sleep here. But I, Waylene and them hooked up a monitor so I can hear her. If anything happens in her room, I can hear her good at my bed. So I'm not like out of place. But I usually go, I always go in my bedroom at night. I will again tonight, Lord willing. And sit down on the edge of the bed and I've got my mother's old Bible there uh, by my bedside. And I'll go in and pick that Bible up and I'll read a few chapters in it every night. And uh, I don't read it just to say how many chapters I've read. I read it to learn something. Uh, you can read the whole Bible and still not know it. So I was reading about judgment, the judgment day. Last night, I think it was, last evening. And the thought hit me, how is Jesus going to judge each one of us and say, you get in, you don't, you get in, you don't. You've done this, that, and the other, and give an account, and, and make us give an account of the idle words we've spoken, and all of this. How long is it going to take him to do that, to judge the millions of people that John says, more than the sand of the sea, you can't number them. And then the thought hit me, so what difference does it make? We're going to be there forever anyway. If it takes... <laughs> If it takes a trillion years, what difference does it make? But I think he's got a system that's going to work a lot faster than that. And so I'm not going to worry about that part of it. He's got it all under control. He knows what he's doing. So let's try our best, and I'm talking to Wayne, to trust him more, to put more faith in him than we ever have before, and trust him more because we're facing things we haven't faced before. This church, and I know I'm just, we're just talking a lot here tonight, but this church is um, facing a transition because the old line members that have been here for 40 years are getting disabled, uh, not able to come out and really partake and get into things like we used to, and it's going into another generation. Doesn't change the church, doesn't change the Bible, just changes the faces. Uh, we've got Brother Berkeley and Leona in their condition. We've got we've got uh, uh, Will and Margaret in in their condition, and and of course we've lost Joanne, Arthur, and uh, and we've got so many people that are suffering and going through sickness. These bodies wear out. I told Arlene the other night, we were sitting there talking. I said, you realize you have lived 21 years longer than your mother lived? She looked at me for a minute. She said, huh? I said, you're 85. Your mother died at 64. Had a cerebral hemorrhage in that church building right over here. One night right after she'd finished her missionary service, she had a missionary service. Grabbed her head and came and sat down on the altar. And I rushed to her and she said, goodbye, Wayne, I'm dying. The last words she ever spoke. I'm going to see her one day. And so we put everything in the hands of the Lord. I'm blessed. I'm, they showed Lou Gehrig the other day on television. Uh, he was a great baseball player for the Yankees. You all know that if you know anything about baseball. And that's where this Lou Gehrig's disease originated from because his was the first one that they diagnosed. What's the actual name of that disease? Oh, you're supposed to know that. 
They have another name for it, but it's really called Lou Gehrig's disease, and so we understand. But he stood at home plate in Yankee Stadium, and he knew he'd been diagnosed with all this, and he knew he was dying. And he stood there, and he said, Today, I count myself as the luckiest man in the world. That was his words. And I'm not going to say it that way, but today I can say I count myself as the most blessed man in the world. I'm not lucky. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in Mother Nature. I believe in nature, but not Mother Nature. I believe in God that he created everything, that he takes care of everything. He waters everything and he sends the sunshine. So tonight, trust him. Put our faith in him. I need to look in the mirror and tell myself, trust the Lord more and more.